Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. I got Tyree Harris here, master in sports and <laughs> coaching education. All right. Yes. I am done. The reason I left the Carolinas, I am done with. So that's nice. That is nice. Yeah, man. So you uh, you just finished up. It's May. You know, that's the, the month of graduation. Yeah. Uh, you finished up with your... Uh, Master's in sport and coaching education from mm-hmm. uh, West Virginia. And uh, you're still coaching a little bit in the high schools um, there, but they got, uh, they got somebody else taking, uh, taking over your coaching for you. And mm-hmm. then your education will be done. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the best, which is weird. The best moment was turning in that last assignment and then just sitting there and realizing there's nothing else to come ever. That, that was better than graduation, turning in that final. And it was just a reflection, but turning in that last, last assignment was better than graduation itself. It's like, oh man, I'm, I'm done forever. All right. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice relief. Um, school. Yep. Now on to, uh, now on to the fun stuff. Coaching. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, been. There's been a lot since we last talked. Trung came up to West Virginia, Asian championships. I graduated. I went back to Charlotte to coach at a meet. <laughs> There's been a lot. Yeah, well, I was looking at it. The last thing that we did was um, the Arnold recap. So that was, uh, you know, what was that, March? Yeah. March yeah, so we, we took a little hiatus. Uh, we need to get back on the ball. Um, so we're working on it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tyree's done with school, so he's got some more time now. Yep. Uh, so that'll help. He uh, he instigated this po- this podcast tonight, so that uh, <laughs> that got us. Uh, we had to get back on it. We had to get back <laughs> on it. It'd been a while. I'd have I had one person say it's been a while, and then one of the high schoolers told me yesterday that she had listened to a podcast, and that made me think about like, yeah, we we got to get going again. Yeah, yeah, man. Listening to podcast, uh, you know, about weightlifting, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It, so, if you like weightlifting, it's fun because I had another high schooler today say that she turned one on, and then she's got about halfway through. She's like, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. This is a weightlifting podcast. If you're not into weightlifting and don't don't care to know about weightlifting, it's going to be a lot of us talking about random people like a Kiev, and you're like, who is that? Things like that. Yeah. You know what? That's a perspective. I, uh, that's what I started doing is I started listening to random podcasts on just different subjects that just mildly piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to like tune out of most of it just because they'd be talking about specifics in that field. And this is just something that I have like a mild interest in. And I'm thinking, oh man, what is it like when people listen to these weightlifting podcasts yeah. and then they're hearing these random Russian names or right. You know, something into like details that. that are way too much for them, which yeah, so I, what, what would be the beginner type episode? Uh, this oh, is a man. snatch. You take the bar from the right. floor and you put it overhead. Like, yeah. yeah. We'd literally have to tell them the amount of, Oh man, we have to tell them everything. And that would be a whole complicated thing. The amount of people that have told me they thought that each made lift, the weight was combined for your total. Not just your snatch and clean and jerk, 
but your second, first, and third attempt of snatch, if you made them all, were combined, plus your clean and jerk attempts. Yeah, um, and then we could, which we could have is more common than you realize. Podcast about pounds and kilos. Oh man, that would be a whole lot. <laughs> well, pounds, I did uh, just switch to pounds, so that's one kilo is two point two zero four six two pounds. Oh, yeah, so, yep. there we go. We covered that. So you, you are expected to do that calculation on the fly. Um, yep. Welcome to yep. weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> know the hundreds. That's all you need to know. Know it. Oh man, I don't even know what a hundred pounds is. What is a hundred pounds in kilos, James? That's like forty-four 40, and a half. I think. Four, yeah. Okay. So what you do is you you double it. Well, let's just do forty-five. So you double it and you add ten percent. Forty-five doubled is ninety. Ninety. There you go. Yeah. Ten percent so is ninety-nine. So it's sorry, it's forty-five and a half, not forty-four and a half. I was a whole kilo off. Jeez, such a noob. <laughs> um, oh man, that's when you get to kilos below seventy. I know seventy because it that is the one pound conversion that is the exact same when you see the red plates except for like the crunch fitness they're now having red plates that are 45s but other than that when you see the red 55 pound plates those are the exact same as 70 kilos so that is the one that i know and anything below that i have no clue what 58 kilos is i don't i i have a range mm-hmm. i have an idea but i don't know exactly what 63 kilos is i can tell you 150 kilos is exactly 330 but then I guess you also know the kilos that you actually load and are used to. I'm, I'm never loading 63 kilos on a bar, so I don't know what that is. But if yeah. you talk to someone else, they if, they if that's around their range, then they'll probably know exactly what it is. Or if they're in the 63 kilo weight class. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, a thing. There you go. That's I know uh, 77. I remember being back in the 77 class. Yep. What? Uh, yeah. So that... Uh, you remember that brand called Kilos, Not Pounds? Yes, I have one of their shirts. I thought that was such a cool name. Mm-hmm. And then they switched it to Strong, Strong, Strong. strong. Yeah, And I thought that was so bad. Yeah, I uh, like Kilos, Not Pounds better. I like the, yeah. yeah. I have one of the original shirts. Strong, Strong like markets to a certain, to a larger crowd. Because Kilos, Not Pounds is only weightlifting. There's only so many people. But I feel uh, like they changed they, again too, didn't yeah, they? They did. And George told me what it was, and he'd be able to tell us if he was on tonight, but I have no idea what it was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to uh, – what's, what's – I'm, I'm sure if we went on the internet and – That's what I'm looking chain. right now because it wouldn't – you know, I can say this because I don't think you would mind. Um, remember that girl that Jacob had a crush on? Mm. We met he- at the meet in heavy Florida. Go. <laughs> it's heavy what? go. Oh, okay. There you go. I was like, she was a part of it. I was trying to pull up her Instagram. I'm like, because I know that she was sponsored by them and she, then it would be in there. But yeah, that's, wow, they've changed a bunch in the last few years. Well, yeah. keep trying something new. If it's not working, switch it up. See if it picks up more people. Yeah. I mean, Heavy Co is kind of a cool name. H-E-A-V-I-K-O. So it's like, heavy company like where you go to yeah. lift heavy things but it's ko which is like knockout um i don't know there's a lot going on there and yeah. it, but kilos not pounds was just cool yep yep um, oh yeah uh, that was as soon as i saw it at man that that's not dating there, us i bought that there, shirt right away 
their logo was KG, then it was a greater than symbol, pounds. That was great. I, I mean, that was a cool logo. Um, but uh, I guess they still sell straps. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm on their website. Let's just find out if they sell straps still. Uh, looks like they sell clothing and belts and knee wraps, shaker bottles. Yeah, so just random weightlifting stuff. So they might be worth checking out. I think they're one of the smaller ones. It's probably better to go to something like this than to buy stuff from Rogue where it's just right. feeding the monster. Um, I don't see I don't see weightlifting straps. Maybe they realize people can just make them out of ratchet strap material. Um, speaking was of it, straps, yeah, that was what they started a, guy, a guy came and trained with us today. And uh, uh, his name's Jake. He, he was around a little bit when we were at House of Weightlifting at the brick and mortar. And he uh, made his own leather straps and he just ordered it offline. And they were nice straps and they looked pretty much just like, uh, what's that brand that you guys like? That Onyx. Uh, Onyx, yeah. They looked just like it and they felt like it. Um, oh. and he said it was like $15 worth of leather. Let's just got a strip of leather and made his own straps. Uh, hmm. so keep that in mind before you spend $45. On <laughs> I was going to say it, um, it is a, well, it, and Onyx's defense. Well, yes, you, you can make your, your own. Like that is people have been doing that for years. Um, I will say one thing I did like about Onyx, um, it was back with Ben when they first dropped those first, the first generation of their hemp straps. I ordered a pair and Ben ordered a pair and I sent it to Alex and showed him that I ordered a pair. And the first thing he said was, didn't the Bulgarians use hemp straps and they used to break all the time? Now, granted, the Bulgarians were going for heavy singles all the time, but then it hit me like, oh, I guess he's got a point. And Ben's hemp strap started tearing the first week um and onyx had already realized it was a problem so they doubled up the material they were using they gave him his money back and sent him a pair of the new straps if i remember correctly so uh, at least uh, company wise at least they are solid there i'll give them that because i sent them a picture of mine and they sent me that's what it was i sent them a picture of mine and i told them i was going to order some more so they sent me a discount code for it I ordered the new straps and within 15 minutes of me ordering the straps, they messaged me on Instagram and he said, bro, you shouldn't have ordered those straps. Those aren't meant for the numbers that you normally move. And then he put the straps that I should have ordered in the bag for free. Nice. So I'll give him that. He is a Onyx is a solid company. I'll give them that. They, they treated me well and every, every person I know that's bought anything from them. Well, yeah, they uh, that little stamp they have in their stuff looks pretty cool too. So, uh, yeah, I'll give them, I'll give them a, uh, I'll, I'll give them a break. Um, and, <laughs> Zika but, Strength did do a video about straps a couple years ago, and they talked about the different type of straps, like the the short hook grip straps. I guess we're doing that deep dive into weightlifting specific things that we talked about at the beginning, aren't we? Talking about the different types of straps. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's relevant. Our, I don't think our market <laughs> is someone that has a, a very small interest in weightlifting. Uh, and yeah. you know what? I don't know if I want to talk about what a snatch is. So, you know, <laughs> right. like, I, 
I kind of talk about what I uh, what I like to talk about. And thinking of the is. the strip of straps that people make, um, wasn't it Klokov that used to just use? He he didn't have the connected straps. It was the the strap that you just he would grab both ends every time he grabbed it. I think Klokov yeah. is one of the more popular ones that use those style. Yeah, that's what they just used to do. They just had a leather straps hanging around, and that's what they used. Um, I used to train with a guy named Trevor Britton. Uh, he was an 85 mm. kilo lifter. He snatched like 150, clean and jerked 175 or something. Um, but he used to do that with uh, his straps where they were just weren't connected. And so I went over there and I played with him. And it's surprisingly hard. Like there's really? a technique to it. You know, there's a technique to putting straps on anyway where you can do it quicker and you learn. Um, there's a whole new technique with using those straps that aren't sewn together. I never um, thought about that, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and he liked them, and I tried to mess with it, and I was like, ah, this is a pain. I, I don't like it. Uh, and he did say that they did come loose a lot easier, like if he missed behind, yeah, which is an added plus. That's so a, if, that freak, right. if that freaks you out or you got super tight shoulders, you know that might be worth looking into. When I went to um, my level one, those are actually the straps that USA Weightlifting, and what the, I'm talking about eight years ago. But eight years ago, USA Weightlifting was recommending those straps. Um, they said, buy those straps, put one thin piece of your thumb tape on the edge. That way, if you do mm -hmm. miss behind, it breaks instantly and it's really easy to let go of. So that's what was recommended when I first, when I was who, early on. Who uh, who taught your level one? Um, CJ Stockle. Oh, yeah. So he's been around a while. I think your level two was taught by... Um Heads. Care of heads, right? Yep. yep. I remember when you went there. Yeah, CJ's uh CJ used to be the head of the board of USA Weightlifting a long time ago. Um CJ was Travis Cooper's first coach. I didn't know he was Travis's first coach. Wow. Yep. He got him into weightlifting out there in uh near Atlanta. One of the best things that one thing I, I've I've done this with dozens and dozens of people. I've probably showed hundreds of people since this. Um, one of the coaches said something about pulling off the floor. He's like, well, first off, there is no pull. And the whole room was like, Whoa, and just started making noises. And he had one of the guys come up, lay on the floor, like on his back. And CJ grabbed his legs, put that athlete's legs on his thighs and told the athlete to set up in a snatch. So the athlete has his arms up, he's laying on his back and he has his legs bent. And CJ said, start your snatch. And the guy just paused because he didn't know how to move. He knew he didn't want to bend his arms because you don't want to curl the bar off the floor. He didn't start moving his back because you want to keep your back in a stable position. And the floor is making sure that you're not arching your back in a weird way. It had to be a push with the legs. And as soon as he showed that, everybody was like, oh, it was interesting. So I, I will... That is one thing I, I remember the most from that level one was it is a push, not a pull. And whenever you rotate somebody and force them to keep a good back position, they can't do anything else, which was interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Some of those other just like teaching cues and uh, just random little things that some of these old weightlifting co coaches have come up with. Uh, yeah, they're good. Sometimes teaching, uh, I think he taught high school guys and middle school guys. You just have to learn how to 
you know, explain it the most simple way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just going to be talking to a crowd and they're going to be like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. I found that out the hard way. I, <laughs> I found <laughs> that out the hard way. You definitely have to water it down. It, yeah. Because it happens. Um, it's, it's interesting which cues work for people though. It is very interesting. That one is easy because they can see it. They can feel it. And then they can carry that over to when they're actually doing lift. Does it work right away with everybody? No, but I've seen it work a lot, especially with CrossFitters because they're such a blank slate when it comes to the Olympic movements. Like they've never been taught in depth. So they're easy ones. Um, it's harder with like groups that feel like they know a bunch about weightlifting. And then it gets hard because then it is contradictory to the whole you're pulling so that is one group that it gets hard to explain to. Yeah, pushing and pulling. Yeah, sometimes what you think and what actually happens are two different things. Uh, that's very true. Uh, so speaking of Onyx, uh, that that reminded me where how you pretty much just had like an ad for Onyx. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I was looking at like the monetization of podcasts, and they were like, "Oh, we'll just throw random commercials on your podcast." And then I'm like, well, that's kind of dumb. I don't want to just, I don't want you guys to have to like listen to the Swiffer Sweeper commercial before we like start talking about about, uh, about weightlifting. Although I used to work at a gym where they clean the floor with a Swiffer Sweeper and I used to snap those things in half all the time. (laughs) It's not the correct tool to have in a gym. I was way too strong for that thing. Maybe Uh, not for a gym. So if anybody wants to uh, sponsor the podcast... Uh, let us know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if that's something I want to do. Um, I will say when my sister, I saw my sister last week and I said something about another podcast and she's like, well, yeah, we've heard you at your podcast. Every time you open up a drink, I was like, ah, yeah, that is a thing. That that is a thing. Your family listens to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My mom listened to it once and then she said, and then I heard you say S H I T and I shut it <laughs> off. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, uh, I clicked the explicit, uh, button on this podcast. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I've been good this time. <laughs> it's normally me. I'll say it's normally me. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think cussing is, uh, something that we should, uh, limit ourselves on this podcast for. Um, maybe you got to limit it in like, you know, certain coaching situations, but, uh, yeah, we're not with my high schoolers right now where I'm, yeah, I'm sure that there aren't many 13 year olds listening to this podcast. Yeah. We can say whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) Yeah. Please put that part on Instagram. That's the part we need to cut for today. (laughs) Well, I just lost my mom as a follower. (laughs) She doesn't have Instagram. Uh, yeah. So I'll remember that. That was at the 19 minutes mark. Uh, so, uh, continuing to jump around on all oh, of the well, things that we've missed. Got sponsorship might help us be consistent too. Yes. And that was, what I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, we got a sponsor. We actually have to do this because, you know, we have obligations to, uh, to right. So yeah. speaking of things we missed, um, did you watch any of the Asian championships? Uh, just some highlights. I didn't watch like full sessions. Well, you know, weightlifting house got me hooked. 
I'll end up buying everything. Um, Asian games this time they it was up for free because they weren't there, but I did get I did buy the Europeans, and Asians was you noticed which classes were and weren't Olympic classes. It was very noticeable there. Mm. Um, because I, what was it? It was two years ago. It was last year's Chinese nationals. They had 10 guys in the 81 kilo class snatch over 160 kilos. Right. So that was last year. This year, the 81 kilo class, I don't even think they had 10 people in it. So uh, that it was very noticeable. Um, so, so what are the Olympic classes in uh, 2024? It is the 61 kilo class, the 73 kilo class, 89, and then supers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah, no, I, it is. I don't think. Oh, no, no. I forgot the 102s. That's right. I forgot. Um, 89s, 102s, and then supers. Yeah. So that, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, 81 is such a, uh, they, their 77s used to be like a crazy big session with some crazy uh, depth at uh, Chinese nationals. Uh, and I'm sure most of them aren't in any like path to go to the Olympics. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had three 89s who the 89s are interesting. Um, also, speaking of the 89s, did you hear what happened with Carlos Nassar? Oh, yeah. Uh, something about his ankle or something? He got attacked. Or- they took out his Achilles. Really? Yep. Like... But the reason it made me think of that, speaking about Chinese na- or Asian nationals, Asian so he's a championships, eighty-nine kilo weightlifter that uh, had some pretty good prospects of winning the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, at Asian championships, uh, Lee Dian took his snatch world record when he hit one eighty. Lee Dian also took his total world record when he then clean and jerk two sixteen, and then. Uh, Tian Tao took his clean and jerk world record when he clean and jerked 222. So a week after this kid loses his ankle, he turns on Asians and they just destroy every record he had. He, yeah. So they're finishing the job. That's what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know. Oh was man. It, it was, it was wild. And uh, of course, Tian heart attack Tao did what he normally does. Clean and jerk 210. Misses the jerk at 222 and then makes it for a world record on his third. He might not make a lift, but if he does, it's going to be a world record. That you can believe. Man, what's the name of that coach from China? That's the main head coach. Yeah, I don't know his name. I can see his face because you see him every day. Yeah, I mean, imagine the amount of disappointed looks that Tian Tao has gotten from that man. <laughs> right. But and, so who was, who was here? I don't he remember who I was watching. He so stressful to coach on clean and jerk. Right. And I said, like, the problem is you can't just pull him out because he's going to hit a world record. It's and like you, such a gamble. Yeah. Right. But, um, oh, perfect. Uh, a good stat for this is going into the Asian Championships. Tao was 50% for all international attempts. 
50-50. And of course, when he missed that second attempt clean and jerk, that continued his 50-50. So he is his international make to miss is 50%. What do you do? Because you you don't take out the guy who can hit the world record. There's no way you send Lee Diane over Tao. Diane PR to snatch at 180. Tao snatched 180 years ago. So you don't take him out, but you've got to be terrified every time. Coach, you. Ah. Why Why you? Okay. I don't know. For some reason, that doesn't seem quite right, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, 50% is pretty low. Ideally, you want 66%. Yeah, I want to make two thirds of your lifts. Can you imagine? Like, what would you do coaching Tao? I know me and George are stressful for completely different reasons, but boy, Tao has got to be. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that it's probably more stressful because there are so much expectations. Because, like, a world record is expected, world record or bust. Like, yeah. There's no like, there's no in between. Uh, that sounds like uh, somebody that likes gambling would enjoy coaching him. Um, I I did tell someone. Um, I think it was actually Maddie, who's on the team. Um, I told her this at a much smaller scale, much much smaller scale. Right, we're talking about local meets. I said personally, I find local meets more stressful than finals or nationals. Um. Because of what you just said, the expectation. I go to nationals. I'm not beating Travis Cooper. I'm not beating Brandon Victorian. I'm not doing it. Nobody's shocked when I don't win nationals. Nobody's shocked when I don't podium at finals. Like that's, I am going there to try to have a good day for me. And I will be happy with that because I'm not catching a medal. But if I go to a local meet and have a bad day and lose to some random 81, that's a whole nother. It's like, okay. You you can't. I I feel like I can't let that happen. So I definitely feel like I personally feel more stressed about local meets than I do nationals and finals. What uh, which one do you total better at? Uh, Where's your best total at? My best my best total was at (laughs) my best total was at that uh, local meet I did in uh, Charlotte when uh, all of CrossFit S three came to watch. Oh yeah, what I'm talking about. I do. So you need to be like stressed out. So maybe we need to start applying that to national level meets. Oh man. I'll say that's that when you was, do better. That was my best total. And I remember two, I remember two things that happened at that meet that part of them. I, I did not, I had headphones in. So I'm saying things to the people around me. I just didn't realize how loud I was. And at that meet, there was a guy, no issues with him. He's perfectly fine. He's a good weightlifter too. Like I have no issues with him at all. But everybody kept coming up to me because it was really between me and him who was going to win the money because there was a cash prize at this meet. And I had like three people come up to me like, you know, he went to the CrossFit Games, right? You know, I'm like, yeah, I know. I also know what his openers are. I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, that's fine. And the last person that came up to me, I had my headphones in and I heard him saying, I put one back in before I responded, which is apparently why it was so loud. I was like, 
Cool, we went to the CrossFit Games. I'm glad we're not doing any fucking box jumps. I don't give a fuck. And then everybody just looked at me. I was like, oh, I probably said that real loud. But he was opening 10, 15 kilos below me on both lifts. So like, I really didn't care. But like, y'all kept telling me he went to CrossFit Games. We aren't doing double unders on the platforms. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, this is not this is not the space to care. But they just, everybody just looked at me like, oh. So sorry I mean, to him. I, I don't think it was this. between you and him. I think it was between you well, and uh, Trevor. Trevor. That was a shock. But that's because all that's of a sudden Trevor was making right, his breakouts. Puberty hit Trevor during COVID. And this man just added 20 kilos to his clean and jerk out of nowhere. So yeah. going into it, we had no clue that Trevor was going to have the day of his life. Like, well, let me not say the day of his life because he's continued to do well. Trevor has continued to do well. But we were not expecting him to ball out like that at that meet. And I remember yeah. telling him when we walked up to the podium, I was like, yo, you got strong really fast, really fast. COVID was a blessing for that kid because he stayed at home and he was squatting and pulling. And boy, did it work. Yeah. Yep. It's good to be strong. Yep. And it's also good to continue to do the the lifts, the actual lifts that you compete in. That is also something that's smart to do. Well, how do you get strong at uh, doing the lifts? Well, I would say like specificity the lifts, right? Do the lifts, yeah, yeah. That was one of the. I mean, not that I'm saying that I agree with everything that Ivan Abajay have said, but uh, he was one of his points was uh, building uh, sports specific muscle mass. And this is something that Glenn talked about a lot too, which was kind of interesting. You know, you can do a you can do a back squat, and it builds s- somewhat specific towards weightlifting uh, hypertrophy. Um, but if you do a snatch, that is building snatch specific hypertrophy. So this the problem is is that snatch is a power movement, and it's hard to get enough volume in to actually get enough reps to make. Uh, mm-hmm to get hypertrophy in those muscles because it's, it takes two seconds to do a snatch. Um, so his idea was like, you just do more snatches, you know, you can't do sets of 10 because sets of 10 don't really work with, uh, snatch, but you know, you just do more sets of snatch. You get more volume in snatching and then you get more snatch specific, uh, hypertrophy. And then you get more, clean specific hypertrophy then you get more jerk specific hypertrophy and uh that was the idea of our whole thing where we trained like six um 16 times a day is to get more reps in more often Mm -hmm. uh that didn't really work well for me it worked better for some other people but uh the idea was there that was it and that's kind of why glenn pushed complexes too because he thought that that was the best way to get hypertrophy in the snatch or because, you know, that the longer the amount of uh, time that bars in your hands in different snatch positions, you're going to get snatch specific hypertrophy doing the snatch, um, which, you know, you can do a pull, but a pull's different. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just different enough that it, uh, can make a difference. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I would say a pull is different because you know, it's just a pull meaning, how you are going to approach that bar. There, there are a lot of people that have no fear doing a pull at 110%. You tell them take 30, 40 kilos off, and all of a sudden they're scared. They're pulling the bar at a slower meters per second, even if they can rip the bar off. 
They don't know how to transition under a bar. They don't know how to meet the bar in the air. So the bar is crushing them. Just because you can pull it doesn't, it doesn't always equate to better weightlifting. There are sports specific muscles for meeting the bar. You know what? I was just talking about that today. There's a guy, the bar crashes on him all the time. And uh, he, he, he doesn't have the muscles to change direction and put upward pressure back on that bar once it gets underneath it. Hmm. You know, it's a little bit of a technique thing, but also that's a very specific version of eccentric strength. It's like you're going fast and then you're slowing down. You're putting the brakes on to slow the descent. You know, that's a very specific type of eccentric contraction. It's not mm-hmm. just a slow eccentric. It's a fast eccentric to a slow eccentric. Um, so I don't know. There's lots of sports specific things. And I think you, yeah, you got to do the snatch. Um, I've told people I, this, when this person at, I told them to do five second eccentric squats to start with. When looking at different programs, because um, there are a lot of things that are very similar with everybody's program. Well, with, with every weightlifting program, there are definitely things that are similar. Um, when I try to water down what the difference between certain programs is, the amount of sports specificity that you get is normally what varies. And then how willing a certain coach is or a program is to do variations. So there are some that don't like blocks at all. Like, uh, um, it doesn't, isn't, um, Kane's dad, not a fan of blocks. Wilkes. Hmm. Was it him? Uh, there was, I, I think, think it was. was. Right. I, I thought he didn't like blocks, um, but I mean, it's things like that. Some coaches love blocks. Some hate blocks. So how they feel about variations of the lifts. Some would never program no foot powers. Others would. So how they feel about variations and then how they feel about how sports specific their programming is. So you'll have one coach that will have their athletes snatch twice a month. You have other coaches who will take snatch out completely for two and a half months. So the only difference is how sport specific they want to be in their program and how open or not open, how much they care to add variation to the individual lifts. I'll say I, other than those two things, weightlifting is weightlifting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the you know seeing the different influences, um, and seeing you know how a lot of different programs all tend to work in different ways. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like taking things from everything. You know, I think there's a time for one type of program, and there's a time for more sports specific type stuff. We have um, to get our Louis Simmons block around that time. Just a coincidence because you'd put it in a few days before, but like. Yes, take from everything because everything was there for a reason. Like it's, there are definitely things that we can learn from Westside. There are definitely things that you can learn from the Bulgarians. Maybe not everything, but certain things. Yeah, you know what I, you know what's funny? My All my powerlifting experience was all pretty much Louis Simmons stuff. And it really wasn't anything else. And I, I reread the intro to my book, uh, the physically prepared weightlifter. And I realized that I just clumped in. I just said, Oh, there's things that weightlifters could learn from powerlifting. 
and it was all Louis Simmons stuff. I just, I didn't even call it West Side. I just called it powerlifting. Right. And it's funny now thinking that I'm like, ah, well, that's not really like, yeah. I, in my mind, West Side was powerlifting, like that type of program. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't realize that that's how I looked at it until I reread it. It's kind of funny to reread something that's, mm-hmm. that you wrote uh, a while ago. Um, which I did, I finally put that up on the website so you can actually buy that book again. Um, at House of Weightlifting. On that same thought, it was, well, I mean, it, when you're coaching and programming, you're all, everyone has their bias. Everyone has their bias. Um, and your influences are, are going to change what whatever your bias is. Um, I didn't think about this until Dee who used to be at House, said this to me because I was doing her programming for her strongman stuff. And she would do it at another gym. And the coach saw the program and he said, did James Tatum write this? And she said, no. She told him I did. And he's like, ah, it seems like something James would have wrote. And while I will see our differences in programming, because I definitely, I think there are differences in us. Apparently I've been around you enough to where he thought, oh, well, James might've wrote this. So apparently you've worn off on me with some programming things. Um, but that's why Westside was going to be, that was your influence. You're always going to have your biases and your influences. My biases and influences wouldn't allow me to only do power snatch from power position every Wednesday. That wouldn't be one of my biases. That wouldn't be something I would program. But other people, that is how it goes. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a, that's a a point where you really have to have a lot of self-reflection to realize what your biases are. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to remind yourself and to try to take a a logical viewpoint of your, uh, of your programming and all that stuff. Just sit back and be like, all right, where are the strengths and where are the weaknesses? And then how can we improve them? Um, and just evaluate and assess and reassess and change and reassess and change. Uh, and if you're not making progress, something's not working. Do something else. And if you're making progress, it seems to be working. Keep going. Yep. All right. I think that was a pretty good one coming back. Uh, we'll end it there. 40 minutes. Um, so hopefully we'll, uh, We'll get a few more coming out, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. We'll get George back on here. Yep, George and Zach next time. This was this was a. I threw this in a few hours ago, guys. We got to do one again. So short notice. Yep. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time.